Would you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. For now, we know only in part, the Apostle Paul writes, when God's kingdom shall come, when the trump shall resound, when the clouds have been rolled back as a scroll, then we will know in full. But for now, Paul writes, we know only in part. To my mind, this is a woefully underappreciated line from the Apostle Paul. And I say this because there are so many Pauline verses that we know by heart, but this one seldom gets mentioned. That for now, we know only in part. We could use a little of the intellectual humility that a line like this recalls us to. For we live in a time when just about everyone seems certain of just about everything. Am I right? Name the issue or the topic du jour, and five seconds later you will hear someone waxing dogmatic about why their position on that question is the unassailably right one. No nuance to it. No room for acknowledging complexity. No charitability for those who might see the matter differently. Just here it is, the unvarnished truth. And anyone who thinks otherwise is either foolish or worse downright evil. And one would hope that this would be different with Christians, but sadly it seems as if Christian faith, more often than not, only serves to exacerbate this tendency within people. Just listen to the words of many Christians these days on TV, on social media, thundering from pulpits and opining with pens. If you just listen, the rancor of the rhetoric is truly astonishing. This from a people who are called to be gentle and kind. This from a people who are told that we know only in part. Today is Trinity Sunday the culminating day of the church year, the day when we, the Christian church worldwide, name and celebrate the fullness of the Godhead and the completed work of human salvation. On this day, we marvel at the mystery of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sustainer, Yes, on this day we reconfess our belief in the power and the work of this mysterious Godhead, all the while aware that of this Godhead we know only in part. 
It's a wonder, really, that we confess belief in an impenetrable mystery like a three-in-one God, yet we tend to so stubbornly cling to postures of certainty and absolute knowledge. Such a wonder seeing as Jesus himself, just before ascending to the right hand of God the Father, explained to his disciples that human limitation... And thus that gradual growth was part and parcel of the Christian journey. Right there at the heart of John's gospel. We just heard it read. Right as Jesus is introducing them for the first time to this third member of the Trinity. Right then explaining the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He will lead you into all truth. Not He will impart to you all truth. He will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. All the difference in the world. And this, mind you, was said to the ones who walked with Jesus in the flesh. The ones who sat at Jesus' feet. And soaked up his every word and action. There is still so much more for you to know about reality, Jesus is saying to them. So much more for you to know about me and about my Father and about our will for this world. But you can hardly handle a fraction of it. But when the Spirit comes, he says, he will guide you into all truth. Well, 2,000 years removed from that promise, it remains operative today. For look at all the things we collectively thought we knew about reality. That the mysterious spirit of the triune God has led the church into deeper truth about. Just scratching the surface, think of the relationship of the sun to the earth. The size and scope of the universe. The realities of racism and the horrors of chattel slavery. The equal worth and the inherent dignity of all people. The absurdity of gender privilege in the home, in the pulpit, in the marketplace. The absolute superiority of Coke to Pepsi. Yes, there are things we as the Christian church, as disciples of Jesus, thought we knew. Only to later collectively and gradually realize that that which we thought we knew, we had wrong. Yes, I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said to his disciples. But you cannot bear them now. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. So has the Spirit been doing from that day until now. And so will the Spirit continue to do until the risen and ascended Jesus shall return with His kingdom. 
we know only in part until then. And what we do know is until then always subject to revision and enhancement and deepened insight. The Spirit will guide us into all truth, but will guide is entirely different than will give. For to be given something speaks of a found and settled thing, while to be guided forward into something speaks of a process and a journey. And such is faith, according to Jesus Christ himself, a journey. A journey of growth, a journey of deepened insight, a journey of discovery, and one of those chief discoveries we hopefully make along the way is this one, that we are saved by grace in full, but that we nonetheless know only in part. The beginning of wisdom. A little bit of humility. On this Trinity Sunday, as we celebrate God in three persons, we open ourselves up to the mysterious power of God's ever-creating, ever-renewing, ever-redeeming, ever-sustaining spirit. We open ourselves up to it. So on this Trinity Sunday, we open ourselves up to the majesty of God the Father, and we open ourselves up to the world-conquering humility of Jesus the Son, and we open ourselves to the transformative power of the Holy Spirit, the divine agent who continually unsettles so much of what we think we know and who leads us ever onward into greater and greater understanding of God, creation, truth, and reality. We open ourselves up to that as Christians. And so in the face of this ongoing work of God's Holy Spirit to which our hearts are open, we do well to ask ourselves on this Trinity Sunday, to ask ourselves on this Trinity Sunday, what might we think we know that is just waiting to be unsettled by the Holy Spirit of God? On this Trinity Sunday, what might we think we understand in its entirety that is just waiting to be complicated by the divine breath that spoke the world into being? And then finally, on this Trinity Sunday, we do very well to ask, how might we distinguish between that which is an unsettling and a complication from the Holy Spirit and that which is just unsettling and complicated? Sure would be easy if the Spirit just gave us the answers to these questions. I'd like that. Sure it would be easy if we knew things in full rather than only in part. Sadly, that's just not the way things work on this side of God's coming kingdom. And so then, for renewed clarity, 
we do well to turn back once more to our forebears in the faith. The very disciples who were told by Jesus that the Spirit would guide them into all truth and to inquire once more into how they discerned such things. And in so doing, we recall how shortly after Jesus' ascension into heaven, within a matter of just a few years, in fact, certain of these same disciples were suddenly, out of nowhere, feeling compelled by the Holy Spirit to begin including uncircumcised believers among their number. This, while certain other of these same disciples, on the very reasonable ground of, we've never done this before, and this is in direct opposition to so many of our scriptures, were defiantly against the inclusion of these uncircumcised believers. Which means that no sooner had Jesus ascended into heaven than tension and argument and discord and uncertainty had filled the community that bore his name. Upon which much fallout ensued right there in the book of Acts and no shortage of anger and bruised feelings. This went on for some time until finally cooler heads prevailed and the believers called an official council whereupon each group selected representatives to speak and argue on their respective behalf. And thus began the process of Christ followers listening to one another, reasoning with one another, collectively trying to discern what was God's will and what was their own, what was of the Holy Spirit, and what was just their own personal preference. And while, yes, the council ultimately reached an answer in favor of Gentile inclusion in this case, this didn't mean that suddenly everyone involved felt like this was the right answer to the question. That took years. Because for everyone to just suddenly be on the same page, that would be the Spirit giving truth, not guiding into truth. And it just doesn't work that way. By God's own design, collective discernment is always slower and messier and more complicated than that. But that said, as time went on, and as the uncircumcised believers began to share their gifts and their talents and their lives with the church, it became increasingly apparent to even the most resistant members of the other side that this was, in fact, God's will for the church. All praise be to God because it's why we're here today. And it shocked everyone. The uncircumcised who'd been invited in just as much as the circumcised who never thought they'd do the inviting. It shocked everyone. Just as it years later shocked everyone to finally acknowledge that the earth rotates around the sun. And just as it shocked everyone and still shocks some still to acknowledge that race nor gender nor ability nor anything else carries with it greater or lesser intrinsic worth. Just as it shocks people still to hear that Coca-Cola is superior to Pepsi. 
Spirit, Jesus says, guides us into all truth. But that takes time. And that takes community. A community willing to confess that each individual in the community knows only in part. A community willing to listen to one another and charitably discern together who is doing the guiding God's spirit or their own personal agendas. A community willing to bow down before the power and the majesty and the mystery of the Trinity, saying, not our will, O God, but yours, and meaning it. Meaning it. On this Trinity Sunday, my prayer is that we will recommit ourselves to being that kind of community. Christ Church needs it. On this Trinity Sunday, it is my prayer that in a culture of such rancorous certainty, that we will remember that we know only in part. So on this Trinity Sunday, my prayer is that in a time when folks anxiously speak as if all things have been settled, that we will remain ever open to the unsettling wind of the Holy Spirit. For while we'd like to have been given all truth by Christ Jesus, as the scriptures so clearly show, we have merely been told by him that we will be guided into it. Which means that Christ Jesus still has many things to say to us 2,000 years later. Some of which we, like those first disciples, also cannot yet bear. But it also means that the spirit of truth, if we will but listen, and if we will but continually discern that which we hear, will guide us onward now and forevermore. God's kingdom come. To which all God's people said, Amen. And now as we prepare to sing this hymn of response,